0: with Yomi and Ray and for this episode for September we're just kind of going to talk about some random transit things come to mind and uh, we're actually going to start with a request, uh, Marie asked a question about degrees. She wants to know what are degrees, and she kind of just wants to debrief on that. I thought I'd go ahead and, uh, give a couple of textbook examples real quick. And then Yomi always has the deets on, on the saving symbols and degrees. I'm gonna let her go into more specifics about that. So for all you book nerds out there, I am referencing the astrology encyclopedia, and who's the authors? Uh, let me see. Mary Kezo You'll have to ask me for it. I can't even pronounce that lady's last name. Sorry, it looks like it's a uh, Polish or something. So, degrees is a very interesting thing people aren't necessarily always aware of. So. The degree is associated with when you look at the – when you're going to look up at the sky and you see all the constellations uh, in the sky, there there are sections just like a clock, and those are obviously in 360 degrees because that's a circle. So every single sign takes up 30 degrees within that, so they have their own quadrant in the sky. And the book references – A degree is a unit or angle of measurement. A degree is one of 360th, the circumference of the circle. The number 360 probably comes from older notions about the years being a 360 days in length. And then the degree rising is a a reference to uh, the degree of the sign of the zodiac on the ascendant. So that has to do with like your rising sign, the moment that you're born where the sun is in those quadrants within a specific degree of a sign determines like the actual degree that you're born in. And that actually with Placidius charts determines your, your whole astrological map when you're looking at your own birth chart. So that's why it's important to obviously know what time you're born and location, obviously as well. And then the meanings of degrees, the book references in astrologers quest for subsidiary bands of influence, the 12 signs of the Zodiac have been subdivided into various ways. Deacons, which are 10-degree arcs, and dwads, which are two-and-a-half arcs, who um, are two such subdivisions. It's what is most inevitable that astrologers would eventually speculate about the astrological meanings of the individual degrees of the Zodiac. Unfortunately, there has been less general agreement on the meanings of the degrees. I disagree with that, but... uh one con- um, contemporary author, for example, counts no less than 17 distinct systems for the specific degrees. So the consensus with the with this book, at least, tries to say that there is not a collective consensus on the degrees. But as you've heard Yomi talk about it, and, and I've talked about some of the degrees and particular Sabian symbols and stuff as well, there is some sort of consensus. I think that that book kind of is just generalizing what – um i guess references it goes by but for for degrees when we're looking at medical astrology i have another book here that's the medical astrology a planetary guide to pathology by judith hill she's a super good medical astrologer if you don't know who she is so the degrees uh each sign is divided into 30 days or degrees each degree related to a body part or a specific disease in medical astrology, take the circle of 12 signs, 360, and unsnip the circle as if it were a string and hanging it vertically in a, it as in a line. The top of the string becomes Aries, the uh, which rules the top of the head. The last degree at the end of the string, 360 is the last sign Pisces. This degree governs the tip of the toes. All degrees fall in between. Take Aries, for example, which governs the skull through the upper jaw, including the eyes. The first third of the deacon, which is 10 degrees of Aries, governs the first third of this region. The second third is the middle portion. The last deacon is, uh, is the is the third and final portion, which is the jawbone. And you kind of just go on, uh, go on from there from head to toe. When we're talking about that, I'm not going to give everybody a huge medical astrology lecture or anything like that. But there are specific degrees with diseases, too, which that's a whole other thing I'd have to go into. But, for example, let me see.
1: I have – let's see.
0: Yeah, I have I have a Curon in, in uh, Gemini, for example, and I have it – um, in the I think it's in the third or the second deacon, if I'm not mistaken. And in this book, it says from 18 to 23 degrees of Gemini, you have asthma. I do have asthma. So wow. when we're looking, uh, like this book is legit, especially if anybody wants to get into medical astrology. I love this book. It has uh, you would love this too, Yomi. It breaks down every degree and every symptom, and you can even track it through transits with this book.
2: It's yeah, just, I need to get my hands on that.
0: It's so wild. I know I'm going to get sick right before I even get sick. I'm like, man. But anyway, so that basically that's in a nutshell, what the, what the degrees are um, is you're just breaking up the 360 degrees degrees sky and each sign rules a certain piece of the pie in the sky. And mm-hmm. as, as I, as I was mentioning deacons, deacons are important <laughs> too. So the way I kind of uh, explain it to people is, um, it's like three different flavors of a sign, so yep. the first, the first Taurus, the second Taurus, and then the third Taurus. I always think like the first Taurus is is leaning a little bit more towards Aries inclinations. Yeah, and then the second Taurus is like double Taurus, and then the last Taurus is has a little bit of a Gemini vibe on them. That's kind of how I go, uh, how I break it up. I know there's different planets. That rule each deacon. I don't have those memorized very well. Maybe Yomi knows a little bit more about that. Yomi, go ahead and lay on us what you know about degrees and deacons.
2: Well, the one thing I've learned with degrees, and that's been in me looking it up in my own natal chart, is believe it or not, they tell you a story about yourself. Or in the case of a mundane chart, about a situation. So, um... For example, I was just looking up information on Mars retrograde, which was last month's topic, and it caught my attention because, you know, it was like, okay, we're going in a shadow in a few days. So Mars shadow begins on September the 3rd, and it begins at eight degrees of Gemini, and I did pull up that saving symbol just to give people some, a little bit more context on it. So what it is, it's, it's a medieval archer standing with the ease of one wholly sure of himself, bow in hand. So this Mars symbol impl- implies the ability of being able to take aim at something and achieving a, at a bullseye straight at the target. You need to be sure of what you want and that your aim is true. Arm yourself and go after what you want. Your situation is one that requires skill, focus, and knowledge of local conditions There is no need just to rush forward, hoping for the best, as this will only leave you feeling inadequate when you do find something. Compose yourself for a moment and realize that you have the ammunition and the sure marksmanship before taking aim and committing yourself. So the key words are to make a strategy, hit the target, being armed and ready, getting straight to the point, accuracy and strength, sending a message that is true and clear, skills and confidence, and also warriors. Going into battle unprepared, overconfidence in a mission, coming from a position of attack, being trigger happy, the thug, or being cocky, pushy, and threatening. So, basically, I mean, we're going to be seeing themes that are going to, or we're going to start seeing the themes of Mars Retro starting on September 3rd. So, we're going to be in a space, and retrogrades do do this to us, where we're going to be reviewing something. Yes, um, let me see here. So, what else do I have? So, those of us I know, I've been feeling Mars in Gemini. Have you been feeling Mars in Gemini? Uh, um,
0: I'm I'm more, I guess, affected by a lot of the retrograde, I guess, blur going on. Okay, I, I feel really out of it. Like, okay, e- everything is super slow for me. Like, I, I don't. How do you feel about it?
2: I mean. I'm feeling Mercury retrograde mostly starting to creep up because we're already in that shadow period. So I'm right. kind of seeing that. But what I'm noticing, it's this jumping of interests. Like, I'll say, like, right now I'm into, like, back into this medieval time studying all this stuff again. Game of Thrones. It's like, yeah. So I'm doing that. I'm wanting to do my garden plot starting up for next year. Like, I'm scattered in different areas.
0: Okay, so the reason why I don't—that's not like something I'm noticing, because that's me already.
2: Okay, makes <laughs> I'm Like sense. that
0: all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so like because I've got I've got Gemini rising, and then oh I, yeah, that means that Mercury rules my chart, and then I've got um opposing that Gemini rising. I've got a stellum of Sagittarius, so I'm really like, uh and then I have Mercury opposition Jupiter. So I'm just like, this sounds really cool to learn. Yeah, but I'm really focused on this. And I was like, but that sounds really cool. I should start. But what about this? All day long. So that must mean that the rest of the world is feeling what I feel.
2: Yes. Yeah, we all are. Trust me. Trust me.
0: It is tiring. I'll tell you all that. Like, it is mentally exhausting. And I think that that's partially what – it it might be, like, double trouble for me this time maybe. And I just don't realize it because I'm used to it. But, like – Originally, what we were planning to talk about, guys, today was I had this niche or this urge to talk about the correlations with transits to the Orwell's book of 1984. And so Yomi did her homework, like the amazing person she is. She read the whole book. She's never read it. And I just totally like derailed it and said, we should just talk about whatever tonight. And she's probably like, okay.
2: No girl, it's it's completely fine. It's I mean, I'm down for whatever at this point. But I mean it was good to read the book. I mean it was very eye opening. Like when you see well, like the first three chapters, I'm like, holy crap, we're already here. Like what what is this? Yeah. It was good.
0: For so for people that are not familiar with Orwell's nineteen eighty four book, I had Yo, Miki, give us your thoughts on the book in general and like give us your synopsis like when I pull my book out. Why I pull
2: it? Okay. Out. Well, for one, I didn't get to finish the whole book. I'm going to be honest right now. I have been extremely scattered everywhere, but I did read a good chunk of the book. So, what I read so far basically was halfway into chapter 3, but basically that first portion of the book gives you a lot. So, in that In the book, it's about a guy who lives in a society where the TVs are literally recording what's going on in your home. Yeah. Like, they're showing propaganda 24-7, and they're looking to see what your reactions are. And if your reactions are not that of support of Big Brother, a.k.a. the party, you're literally whisked away and you're never seen again. And then they have this hour of hate, I believe it is. do not even sure. I think it's 30 minutes, an hour, but there is this block where everyone gets together and they watch the hate and they go nuts. And I don't want to say what it reminds me of because we have a lot of listeners. So I'm just gonna, you know, (laughs) but you know, it's, they start acting in such a maniacal way. Like they have to destroy the people that are the opposite. And then You know, once the guy goes into, I guess, the areas that are people are free, he starts to yearn for such a thing. And that was really interesting because he wanted it, but under the control that he was in and the society he lived in, he was told that he wasn't able to have that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is a crazy book. Uh, It is. It's been banned in some I think schools and yeah. like banned in certain libraries. And you know what's crazy? When I went when I was in Vegas a couple years back, I went into like a little like Magic Wicca occult store and I saw tons of these books on the counter. And I'm like, that's really sad that this has to be like in an occult shop to yeah. to, to find this book. The the summary on the back is George Orwell's classic novel 1984 is the story of one man's nightmare odyssey through the world ruled by warring states and power structures that control not only information, but also individual thought and memory. A minor uh, functionary named Winston Smith joins the covert brotherhood and pursues a forbidden love affair against the cold gray backdrop of the Republic of Oceania, only to become hunted by the enemy of the state or of Big Brother. Now 60 years after it was written... Orwell's prophetic haunting tale of conformity, repression, and identity strikes a disturbing chord as we follow Winston Smith through the, his rebellion, imprisonment, torture, re-education. We witness firsthand the destruction of the truths and freedoms that we make that make us who we are and the creation of the world where black and black is white, two plus two equals five and evil is good that what scares me reading the back of this is that sounds so much like what's been going on and you know it is i've look i've tried to look at different like planet aspects that i think cause this hysteria and i did look back historically neptune and pisces like transit wise causes a lot of stuff like this not necessarily like the controlling information thing because the the tyrannical control comes from Pluto and Capricorn right but mm-hmm. the the hysteria of people being easily brainwashed or uh, all that is normal when Neptune and Pisces happens like I can't remember the exact times last time last time Neptune was in Pisces but I know that like sometime around like the Civil War when they're uh, like if you do dig deep for the history you see a lot of propaganda being perpetuated in the newspapers against both sides to yep. instigate the war same kind of phenomenon's happening um a previous pluto um or not pluto sorry pisces uh, neptune pisces transit was sometime i can't remember the exact exact time frame but it was close around the witch trials so yes when we look back at the hysteria, you have to pick this apart a little bit. So there's the tyrannical controlling government thing, which is a Pluto-Capricorn thing. Like, you look at the revolution that happened last time Pluto's and Capricorn. You look even recent times, like what's go- been going on in, in Hong Kong and China, uh, with the way that they're trying to fight back as well. Um, you look back at, like, the French Revolution. Even, like, sometimes, uh, like, uh, Macron, the, the prime minister of... Uh, is he the Prime Minister or President of France? I don't know. Anyway. The president
2: of France, I believe.
0: There we go. Okay. I never know the terminology over there. But they're even dealing with that as well. And, I mean, even our neighbors, Canada, they're dealing a lot with, like, the thought police stuff with, like. Yes. You know, Jordan Peterson. I follow him a little bit just because I like psychology. And how he's really, like, uh, been an advocate and speaking out for how they're trying to re-educate um psychology practitioners and therapists and how they're not allowed to say certain things. So like he says that his own patients can turn him in for giving, yeah. for like giving him actual, like, you know, consent, consensus, uh, diagnoses, diagnoses. But that's
2: actually started, believe it or not, it started here in the United States.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's when the diagnostic, the newest diagnostic statistical manual was printed out. Yep. See, the, The difference between Canada and here is that there's a the constitution really bars from a lot of this you know overreactive totalitarian kind of uh, antics. So that's that's what we're seeing right now worldwide is especially when we had pluto and capricorn conjunct with saturn and then jupiter jupiter is associated with foreign so it, that that uh stellum actually could would signify that was right around that was that the exact signature when covid spread worldwide so the tyrannical uh, control is going on worldwide right now but the only countries that are really you know i guess putting their their heels in the sand and and standing up against it are the ones that have more rights or more red tape i guess to stop them from just coming in and doing that. Canada clearly does not have any of that or it's easily changed which is pretty pretty gnarly. Um you know and it's just i really hope that maybe as we go like neptune goes into aries The hysteria will wear off, that's what I'm looking forward to, but the control will still be there. So what I am worried about is, I don't remember the exact last time if there, there has to be a time, when Pluto was in Capricorn and Neptune was in Pisces at the same time. But these are both like really intense transits that last a long time that shape generations. And with both of them coupled together, it's, it's been really crazy. And a lot of people, like, you know, not even just this generation, but, like, the, especially the generation, the kids that have been born in, the, in this age, when Neptune's been in Pisces and Pluto's been in Capricorn, they are going to have some sort of subconscious programming for the rest of their lives because oh, of what's yeah. going on. So, like, this is, like, a generational control thing, which is so wild when you think about it.
2: No, it, it just, definitely is.
0: Yeah, it just amazes me that 1984 is not you know, it, they basically are trying to do everything to ban it and it just drives me absolutely nuts. So, if you have not read 1984, I challenge you to read it and I challenge you to challenge another person to read it because people should know about these kinds of things and awareness is very important. Um because that was one of the thing that Orwell was emphasizing on is that he wanted people to know that this was potentially happening. So that we could step in and do something about it because ignorance is not bliss and that's usually how complacency happens or these kind of people get away with these things because we're blind and ignorant to it. You know? Well, I
2: do I do believe these books were written – let me see when – I think they were written during World War II when um, Germany was doing its propaganda was when a lot of these books started coming out because there were other people also born – Around the same time period that the author, um, George Orwell had written nineteen eighty four. Um, and there's a lot of other stories. I know there's Fahrenheit four hundred fifty one. Um what other ones are there?
0: He he wrote it in nineteen forty nine. Yep. He also wrote Animal Farm in nineteen forty five. Yes. Homage to the uh, Catalonia in nineteen eight. Mm-hmm. And then Inside the Whale well in nineteen forty so
2: yeah let's see there's a i had written down notes on other authors that had written books very similar but i can't now find my list i do know one It they actually made it into a movie called clockwork orange oh no way yes
0: ah uh, well i didn't i didn't know that that i it was I'd seen that a long time ago but
2: it was made in the 70s i believe yeah. Um. I haven't seen it yet. Then there's, there was one about food, and now I cannot think of the name of it because when I heard the name of it, there's, I, it so ties into today, but it had to do with people being given synthetic food.
0: Oh wow. Oh
2: lord. I gotta look it up now.
0: <laughs> yeah, go, go look it up because I have no idea now. Now, like, I'm like, what book is that? I, because I need to read it.
2: Yes. I'm I'm gonna find it. Hold on, hold on, hold on.
0: Yeah, so let me think what else. Oh, so while she's looking for that, um I was telling her right before we started started recording that I just feel like everything's really slow and there's and it's almost like just dysfunction, I guess, in general. That's how I feel. Like, I, like everything I want to do, I'm just like, yeah, this sounds like a great idea. And then execution just is totally all over the place. Uh-huh. And I, I do think that has a lot to do with, like, a lot of the retrograde planets going on. Which, just for housekeeping, by the way, Uranus just went retrograde five days ago on August 24th. And then for the rest of the planets, I'll just go through this list before she jumps on that book she found.
2: Yeah, um, I found the information, but I'll let you finish. It's actually a movie. Oh,
0: okay, go ahead and tell me.
2: Okay, so the movie is called Soylent Green. It came out, it was, okay, so it was a novel based on a novel called Make Room ba- Make Room by Harry Harrison. It was made into a movie in 1973. So, this movie basically talks about a dystopian future where our oceans are dying and there's year-round humidity due to the greenhouse effect, which results in pollution, poverty, overpopulation, euthanasia, and depleted resources.
0: What? When was that made?
2: 1973. I'm actually looking for – I mean – it's a very long description of the movie, but it's I mean it's talking about okay, so they're taking the remains of the dead in imprisonment and creating food out of those people I to feed you'd... the population,
0: yeah, there we go, so Neptune was in Sagittarius during that time, oh man, so um medieval astrology or we're talking about ancient astrology before there was the the modern associations uh Sagittarius and Pisces would have similar modalities or similar like, uh, themes. Mm -hmm. So the delusion that we're having right now with uh, Neptune and Pisces, similar phenomenon was going on with, uh, the Neptune Sagittarius generation. And I don't mean to talk smack about anybody who's got Neptune Sagittarius, but they are, um, very imaginative. Yes. (laughs) And, and I, we have similar correlations with them and, the Neptune and Pisces generation. So just like, it's not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it because Mm -hmm. we do need creativity. And sometimes when you're tapping into like, you know, uh, lack of reality, sometimes there's some important shit in there that you really need to pull out through the ethers and share with the rest of us that, you know, are got our feet on the ground. But that being said, um, it's very easy for your imagination to get ahead of you. I think I talked to Yomi about this privately recently. If I yeah. remember right, that what a lot of people are picking up on spiritual messages Uh, like everybody can. But sometimes when you're tapping into something from the universe, your your emotional human response overreacts and then you, you start to fabricate, well, what will happen then? What will happen then? So instead of stopping where the message derived, you start kind of adding on to it and your emotions and your fear and your anxiety get the best of you. And you start to exaggerate what may happen. Same concept with Orwell's book. When she was talking about before about how, wow, it does correlate with a lot today, but I'm glad it's not that bad. Well, again, that goes into, he was probably getting really worked up into his story. And it really like, you know, he exaggerated the whole thing. Yeah, And a lot of that can come from his own fears. And you saying that too, that, he wrote that during the the time frame when nazi germany was doing their thing and or whatever like that he could be projecting that fear into what he was foreseeing so you know oh yeah there's there's that kind of thing um but what else was i going to say now now we'll do the gemini mars thing i'll go back to what i was saying so do some housekeeping for all these retrograde planets so some of these people may not be as familiar with, but these are all the points and planets or asteroids that I personally use. And so I see them on my charts every day. And so I have them listed. Uh, so Jupiter will go. Uh, these are all retrograde right now, except for Mercury will go retrograde on the 9th of September. So this is when they're all going to go direct. So Jupiter will go direct on November 23rd and that's 85 days from now. Saturn will go direct go direct on October 22nd which is 54 days from now Uranus will just went retrograde five days ago and it will be retrograde until January 22nd that's 145 days Neptune will go direct on December 3rd that's 95 days Pluto will go direct on October 8th I'm so I'm so excited for that because that's where a lot of like the fear and anxiety comes into play oh yeah With Pluto being in Capricorn, that whole totalitarian control theme is going to be throughout the entire transit. But when it's when it's retrograde, the fear of being controlled and the fear of the tyrants and also the tyrants being afraid that they're losing control happens. So think of recent events, the raid that happened for Trump at Mar-a-Lago. I do think that a lot of that was was you know, perpetuated by the fear that's being created by Pluto retrograde because we are coming up to the midterms. Biden's, Biden's uh, you know, administration's obviously not, not favoring well. And nope. there's a lot of stuff stirring around and drama where it looks like that they may potentially lose control. And they, you know, obviously were so desperate to regain control in the first place when, you know, when Biden won, won the the 2020 election, so they're right now they're they're really desperate and and scared, and I do think that their raid was all based on just anxiety and fear and feeling impulsive to do something. What was the day that
2: that happened? By the way,
0: I don't think we ever that Which? happened. the The raid was that just a couple weeks ago.
2: Yeah, hold on. I sent it to you. Let me look it up. Um. Wait, no, I don't. I have it here. It happened August eighth at five fifty-five p.m. August 8th. Let me pull it
0: up. Yeah, I couldn't find the exact time. That's right. And what's, what what town is Marlogo in? I'll just put Miami. Um, Pompano,
2: I believe, or Palm, Florida.
1: Curious. Okay. Fascinating. August.
0: Okay, so we've got Pluto coming towards the Ascendant. Retrograde. There's that fear right there. First house is associated with the self or action. So someone specifically acting out of fear.
2: What's the Ascendant that you have?
0: Capricorn.
2: Okay, I just want to make sure I have it right. Okay, go ahead.
0: Yeah. Um, let's see. What we got one on here. It's Curon, Jupiter, Eris. So what that, what the third house actually insinuates is that the anxiety and fear to try to regain control over something happening to the Democratic majority or whatever's going on. Why ever they're trying to stop Trump? I mean, we could speculate all day, but the the reason, there's a reason. Um, Their motive for doing so was to try to cause some sort of disruption by finding information that would be a weakness to the person in which, or the location or person in which they they were going after, which would be Mar-a-Lago, Trump. Um, And then, let's see, Uranus and Mars... Uh in the fourth house, that's you know associated essentially associated with a sudden act to do something, so this was random. It's not like something that they were really planning for a long time um, also they they were willing and ready to cause a confrontation or or anything like that. One thing is is interesting is. It's almost as if they tried to pick a certain time they knew that Trump wouldn't be home to go in there. That's mm-hmm. what the, that's what the charts insinuating, which is fascinating because, I mean, I'm not saying that like he plasters his whole itinerary, but don't you think that like somebody who at least kind of really pays attention to him? Well, maybe they're maybe they're tapping his phones. Maybe I'm going a little too much 1984 stuff. But I'm I mean, curious... they
2: could still be. I mean, they, they confessed or there was that that um, report that they were spying on him during the election. Right. So I'm pretty sure those phones are still tapped.
0: Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So that could be the the whole 1984 tide of this because somehow the church basically continuing that somehow they knew that he was not going to be there, that they impulsively did this, and they did this in hopes to find information – to use against him, and what was the consensus on that because like my mom's been kind of blurting about about the mainstream news narrative on it, but do you know the consensus of Marlago like have they found have they officially found anything, or are they just like making up headlines?
2: I believe they're making up headlines because as of the only thing they've stated so far is that he had class- classified documents um in in the in the home, and he fired back and said that everything that he complied with, everything that the DOJ told him in regards to safeguarding and putting away those documents. Now, here's the question, and this is something I have been hearing a lot of, and I think you and I may have touched on it before. What is it that they are seizing, that they're trying to stop Trump from having? Number one, if he is your number one enemy, because you know what he's capable of, what evidence did Trump have in that home, and who was on that evidence? Right. So to me, because then that's another thing, they've been asking, Trump has also been requesting for the DOJ to release the, uh, the stuff from this raid. Everything was released, redacted, and Trump said, no, you can redact it all. Huh. So I believe they're fighting on that one as well. But they haven't yet brought – as everyone's been asking, what are the charges? There are no charges at this point. They can't they even give us a clear either. answer. And that's and what's interesting with this chart, too, is that the sun is squaring the south node in the 10th. This does not look very good for them at all. Right. Like Right. Optic-wise, this this backfired. Because now you even have Joe Rogan came out recently, I believe today, and said, vote Republican. This is helping turn that tide big time. Really? Joe Rogan said that? Yes. I think he he was talking with Aaron Rodgers. I saw it like like two hours ago. I was like, what?
0: That explains some things. So, like, I've, you know, kind of skimmed some feeds of people that are, you know, other-leaning. And they said, well, Joe Rogan just uh, uh, destroyed his career as number one podcaster or something like that. And I was like... What the hell are they talking about? Because I don't, yeah. I don't listen to Joe Rogan, but that explains it. That right there, that would explain it. So I mean, because that person's an anti-republican, so I was like, well, I'm like, okay. So I sometimes I look at that kind of stuff to get perspective. Wow, well that's um that's pretty, pretty crazy. I mean, we've already yeah. called that too with the, with our midterm uh, uh, prediction and all that. And yeah. The Marlago thing is just a catalyst again. Like it's, you know, people waking up and. That that's something that's really huge right now too. Thinking about all these retrograde planets, um, yeah, there's delays. Yeah, it's not functioning as well. But as as Yomi has said, reflecting, reviewing. Well, she says reviewing, but I say reflecting. And so, while all this stuff is ongoing with all these retrograde planets, it's almost like people are like having an ADD moment and just kind of like staring and watching. Well, uh-huh. yeah,
2: we're t- yeah we're taking what is being said at face value, and that's the thing. Right now, especially with Neptune being retrograde, like this announcement of, um, oh, we're doing loan forgiveness. Okay. Yeah. Um, why are we giving people who get a grant, which you don't pay back, grants twenty thousand dollars? Right. You know, there's a lot of things that don't make sense. There's a lot of things that don't make sense in the in the new spending bill that they passed. You know, like they're not. Oh, they passed not, the
0: spending bill, dang.
2: Yes, they did. They passed that infrastructure bill Uh, uh, like two weeks ago. So essentially, you know, and people are asking, where's the money coming from? They think they can dangle that carrot to just distract the people where the people are like, no, you know, you dropping gas by, let's say, 25 cents a week is still not putting money in my pocket. It's not making a dent anywhere else. We know our taxes are going to go up. I mean, they won't even tell us why they're hiring all these IRS agents at this point. All yeah. we know is they're being told that you need to know how to use deadly force.
0: Yeah, that's some, that's some really crazy 1984 shit. Not
2: just 1984, girl, this is going way back even to the beginning, 1776. Yeah. Where a British troop can come on your property and literally say to you, this is mine, and y- you, you know, you are my servant, and you had no choice in the matter. Yeah, the yeah. IRS is getting ready to do the same.
0: Oh Jesus, uh, that's scary.
2: It is, and he, well, I I do want to add this too because there is something that Biden said during the election, and I know a lot of people are going to remember this. He, it was when he was debating, I believe, the second debate with Trump, in which he stated that um, the cold, a cold long winter was coming. Yeah. Okay, we needed to get ready for a long winter if Trump got into office, right? So on the day that Mercury, or that Mars actually goes retrograde, which is on October 30th, Mars will be sitting at 25 degrees of Gemini. 25 degrees of Gemini is winter frost in the woods. So this symbol shows things in a dormant or a hibernation stage. There has been a time of fruitfulness which has now passed, and this is rather a time or situation of withdrawal and inner growth. However, once again, a time of new developments and fresh growth is surely coming. It seems that there is no point in trying to force growth as it may not be possible now. It is wiser to prepare for more vibrant and expansive times by using times of dormant activity to ensure that you get rest, get organized, or recharge your batteries. Whilst not much seems to be going on, nature is ensuring that energy is being used to reinforce the root of things, ready for the coming period of growth and abundance. Keywords on the positive are the calm before the dawn, the silence of making a of when making a connection with nature in cold, barren times, the struggle to survive cold and heartless conditions and cold responses. Some other keywords are denying the natural flow of the season trying to rush things, feeling frozen out, lost, or neglected, chills in the air, and keeping one's feelings on ice, frigidity.
0: Dang, and that's right before the election. Yep. Wow. Yeah, that's, ooh,
2: that's and, funny. And, yeah, and then after his reading and seeing, like, what Theodore has stated about Mars retrograde and what's coming and also Peter – Novak, if y'all do not follow them, they are really good teachers to follow to know what's going on collectively in the mundane charts. Like, yeah, there is no question that we're all we're all going to be placed in a state this winter where it's going to be just about us and getting our reserves built up for what the incoming. You know, basically Game of Thrones, winter's coming. I don't know how else to put it. I just kept seeing that image because I have been watching Game of Thrones.
0: I will have to figure out another analogy for that, because I've never seen Game of Thrones. Girl. Yeah.
2: Girl. I, <laughs> yeah. I was I like you. I had never seen it, and everyone's like, you need to watch it. You need to watch it. Like, I've watched it once, and I mean, I binged on it for two months straight, every night, four or five hours straight. Oh, man. That's how good it was. That Now I'm watching the new one. And in the new one, I did see symbolism of Mars retrograde. And those that watch Game of Thrones may know what I'm about to say right now. If you did see the episode the last, two, the last two weeks, you know, where Damon is trying to exert his authority as being the rightful heir to the throne. And his niece, the feminine, comes in and says, Uncle, know your place. I'm the heir to this throne. And he literally just walks away from her oh, and wow. retreats. So, but I don't want to give any more. But believe it, you know. You, obviously, what does Mars do when he retreats? He's still plotting. He's still getting his stuff ready for war. You, he may be licking his wounds. Or you may have beat him down once, but he's strategizing in the background. We have to do the same.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Gemini's are tricksters. That's that's why in the const when we're talking about degrees again too. Going back to that, the constellations that. Uh, are in the Quadrant of Gemini is like Geist. and yes. like all the chaos entities, Loki, for people who know Norse mythology, all that kind of stuff. Those, uh, also, um, well, technically Lucifer is supposed to be associated with Venus, but sometimes sometimes it bleeds over into Gemini too, but the trickster, uh, manipulation, yeah. uh, the two-sided, two-minded, it's not always two-faced, but sometimes they're like, with like to acting one way to your face and then not in another. It's not necessarily them being, you know, conniving or you know, uh, manipulative. Sometimes they just change their mind on a fly. People experiencing this this Gemini Mars and this mutable energy, uh, you know, being on the fly kind of thing, um, yeah. and, and just switching the different different perspective happens a lot. Um, but uh, let me think, what else? Gemini. Mars and Gemini, I have a description for that here. So you have an inner need for communication of all kinds. This may and may have too many irons in the fire at one time. You may be all over the place, always trying to make one more connection, speaking and writing in our naturals. You have a need for lots of variety, change of pace. and You tend to have arguments and extreme mental energy. Yeah, that, don't you feel that? Speaking, oh, yeah. Speaking of that, I didn't finish my list. We went on a tangent about Pluto, which is all it's okay. Because <laughs> that's why I made this list. I was like, you know, we're not going to get through a whole, like, synopsis of, like, my notes. Let me just write some key words here. Yes. We'll just go for whatever sounds good. So Pluto, luckily, is going direct on the 8th of October. That's in 39 days. Vesta, which is... If, for people who don't know what Vesta is. Um, it's an asteroid that's associated with the goddess of health and family. I'm not going to go too much into that, but I just want to give people the basics. It's a, It's an asteroid. It's similar to Saturn, so it has similar Saturn vibes. That will go direct on the 4th of October. That's in 35 days. Juno, which is the queen of the heavens, and it's also an asteroid. And it does have – it says Juno can be as challenging as Saturn with lessons of – with raising consciousness. So if if we were going to, like, combine Saturn and Neptune energies into one, you know, a little bit of, like, the stern, lessons, discipline, but in a spiritual form, that's what Juno would represent. That's also still retrograde. It will go direct on October 22nd. That's 54 days. Then I also use Astria which is another asteroid. It's associated with justice and balanced scales, divine order, and and it doesn't sit well in the real world, so this is another theoretical point. Um it focuses a lot like on Libra esque kind of things, so like the 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 people who have the delusion of Everything should be fair. Everything should have equal outcomes. Everything, blah, blah, blah. That that kind of is the essence of Astria. Astria is also retrograde right now. It will go direct on October 30th, which is 62 days. Then we also have Curon in Aries. Everybody's usually familiar with Curon. That's uh, another planet that's out there with Pluto. And that is retrograde right now. And will go direct on the twenty second of December. That's one hundred and fourteen days. Eris is another planet that is very slow moving. Has been in is been in Aries for most of our lives. I think we've talked about it before, and it's associated with discord, strife, and chaos or disruption. And that right now is retrograde, and it will go direct on the 3rd of January. That's in 123 days. So when Uranus and Eris, specifically, they have very similar energies, when those go direct again, then a lot of uh, shit is going to hit the fan kind of thing. Mm-hmm. What What is going on January 3rd? So when we have the election in November, when do the people who win the election take the Take their seats. Is that like in January, right?
2: It is January. Let me see the exact day. When? Yep, January 3rd. No way. At noon. In each odd numbered year. So yeah.
0: Wow. On January
2: 3rd, girl. Wow.
0: Well, there you go. So shit's going to hit the fan on the 3rd of January. And what, what I mean by that is there.
2: Girl, we well pull up the chart.
0: I know well, I should. I might as well. Let me do it. I, I would assume it's going to be a false flag or like there's going to be politicians freaking out. About oh, something. girl. They're going to be claiming. Of- yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. Okay, let's see. January 3rd. Let's see.
2: Look at the ascendant, child. Look at the ascendant. What, t- what time are we doing that at? Twelve p.m. I did it at twelve noon, exact.
0: We're look We're using Washington D.C., right? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Oh, wow! Look at that. Aries is right there on the uh, the ascendant there. Yeah. Wow. So the self-causing disruption due to power struggle, Pluto, Mercury, Venus, 10th house, and the sun right there. So the sun, if we're looking at this political astrology-wise, the sun represents the, the country or the government ruling. And with those other planets being in the same house, they're correlating. So due to some power struggle with the current government in charge, there's going to be some sort of disruption or something caused and the, Ooh, and that Stellum in the, uh, in the, in the 12th house, 12 yep. houses of collective conspiracies. So Astria justice, Vesta's in there, Juno, Jupiter, Chiron. um, Chiron and Aries is associated with like your sense of individuality or your sense of of person is feeling violated in some way. Mm-hmm. So with that being in the 12th house of conspiracies, the, that means that some, that something is, ooh, um, again, I don't know if it's going to be a false flag thing or if there's going to be cheating on the election again.
2: I don't or, know because there's Uranus on the North Node in the first, and the first is, you know, obviously how we present ourselves. Right. Could there be a change in the order? And then, of course, you have the, you know, let's say the control struggle you know, the controlling party at the top in the 10th, expressing their discord because Mars is conjunct the moon in the second house.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. What's...
1: Gemini. The
0: moon is placed in the second house, suggesting that you seek emotional security through accruing possessions. Although this can be frustrating times because of your personal fortunes, have a tendency to fluctuate during your lifetime. Consequently, you face periods of economic insecurity or uncertainty when your fortunes suddenly change. Fortunately, you have inner resources to adapt to these changes in income, and usually you gain rather than lose money.
2: Okay. Okay. But Mars is retrograde in this sense, so.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, well, that was the moon. So I'm thinking, like, okay. so the, so the moon, wherever the moon is, when you're looking at a chart, that kind of like gives you like where people are emotionally invested or when the where um, emotions are going to get riled up. Well, and so, I mean,
2: second it's house money,
0: right? The second house has to do with you know personal resources and all that. So maybe what's going to happen? Okay, maybe maybe the like Biden or somebody like that, somebody who's stupid who runs their mouth when they get angry is going to come out and say, you know, we did all this nice stuff for you. We forgave you mm-hmm. student loans. We dropped the gas prices. And wh- how do you thank us? Uh,
2: Pretty much, yeah, how it was after January 6th. And yeah, those people got on there and basically said they were the ruling elite and we had no right in, in their house.
0: Yep, yep. So, you, yeah. Yeah, you, you look at Palace 2 in the fourth house because – when we're looking at Hori astrology, we focus on right at this moment. It's the first, fourth, seventh, and tenth house. So, palace is associated with uh, vigilante justice, and it's a, it's um kind of like a an asteroid associated with Jupiter. So, wisdom, intellectual pursuits, justice, that kind of thing. Um, when it's in the fourth fourth house, um, you're reflecting on home and family, um, expressing your ideas in the home, carrying out creative projects. Uh, in cancer, you're, you're relying on uh, your intuition and your emotions to guide your opinions and thoughts. So, yeah, so whatever's going to be going on is going to be an emotional knee jerk reaction on the 3rd of January. I wouldn't be shocked if they try to do something to distract us. Um, or, and, or, you know, um, I, I still keep having this false flag thing going on. Like, well, some,
2: something big. Well, Hades sits in the fourth house cusp yeah um and that represents the collective consciousness and its association with karmic debts purpose responsibility discernment addiction spirituality destruction and transformation it is an energy that is very subconscious it's not something we reflect um let me see
0: you know how screwed up it would be if like Biden or whoever is mad, you know Biden comes out and is the face of the anger, and he yeah. says, "You know, I'm just going to revoke everything I just did," and he lets gas prices go to like five dollars a gallon. Like I, I could only, I could see it, I could see it happening. I mean, yeah. I
2: could see it too in retaliation for not, for not obeying the king. Yeah. I mean, I mean, really, I mean, you just I mean, you can look at what's happening today, period, and just point it back to that time, because that's exactly what it was. Yep. Um, let me see here. So in the spiritual realm, Hades is that kind of darkness that we may feel from time to time, where there's a hopelessness and despair, where there seems to be no way out, no option, where the power of Hades over us feels absolute.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So in political astrology, the fourth house is the country, uh, like, you know, the homeland. So, um, and with palace being right there within an orb conjunction to it, it would be um, us basically voting. Well, this is past that. Uh, so if this is the results of the voting, right? Mm-hmm. So this is like basically our retaliation coming into fruition or, you know, actually unfolding it, because again what what's being told on the news according to like what i hear my mom say every day cuz she blurs it and blabs it in my ear every day i come home uh she She's like, oh, yeah, it looks like the Republicans are all losing seats. It looks like the Democrats are, like, gaining more seats. And I'm like, there's not even an election going on right now. What are you listening to? What are you watching? So, like, they're going to continue to do what they were doing back, like, in the 2016 election. They kept saying, like, up and down, like, Hillary's got so many votes. Oh, yeah. I was like, there's no way Trump could even touch her. They're doing the same thing again right now. So, like, the the reality hits. They're going to keep lying to us on the news. But then the reality hits when those people that were physically elected that are not who they want them to be have to actually show up for the job.
2: Yeah. Well, no, I mean, yeah, a lot of it points straight into Hades in the fourth house. So yeah, like, I think it's like you said, the elites are going to voice their discontentment at what has just happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And what's, I can't remember, what is the the exact degree um, for the United States natal chart? I know it's in cancer.
2: Let me check. I Cameron think covers. I just had it here.
0: I know you always have it. That's why I just gonna let you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're winning which degree exactly? For what oh, the, placement? The sun. Okay, the sun is at a... Oh, crap. 11 cancer. I so knew Hades it. is conjunct the sun of the I United States on that it. day.
0: I knew it. I knew it. I called it. I knew Guess it. Yes, you
2: did.
0: Damn. Okay, anyway. So, yeah. So... So when we're looking at political astrology again, um, whoever is the, the, uh, executive, you know, branch of the estate, who's ever representing them is going to be the, the facet of the sun, uh, at that time. And uh, yeah, again, um. Hades being directly conjunct with Cancer. Um, That just correlates to, like, I've seen that come up before, because Hades is very slow moving, so it's been teetering, like, orbing around the USA's sun for a while, and that just correlates with the um, opposing um, Pluto and Capricorn themes. Tyrannical results in sinister, you know, um, dark kind of motives of the self, which is that whole Hades-sun conjunction opposition uh,
2: Pluto. Yep, and then Mercury M- 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 I keep saying Mercury. Jarstein it Mercury's getting ready to go retrograde. I can't speak right. <laughs> so Mars retrograde in January will be on the United States Uranus. Oh wow. And we are still wow. in the middle y'all of our Chiron return. Oh
0: wow. So wait. So mo- Okay, so motivation to flip the script. That's what that means. your yep. Uranus is, you know, 180 And it's on the
2: sixth house, girl. Sixth (gasps) house of the chart.
0: Ooh, work, uh, work, and service. Okay, okay. So that could work and service. If you're going to break that up, that could uh, service could be you know political, uh, you know serving your country. But then work could also be like the economy.
2: Yeah, because in the in the U.S. fifth house, you have the Uranus North Node conjunction, and and I and I have stated this in previous podcasts. We are feeling like when it comes to our creativity, our freedom, our sense of fun, and to enjoy our lives is really being squashed right now. We yeah, can't enjoy life, anything right now.
0: The life, liberty, and freedom thing is totally out the window.
2: Yes, it's not there anymore. And then in the second house of the U.S. chart, for, that, for the transit date, you have Venus conjunct Pluto and the moon. And then you also have, is it Mercury? Mercury in retrograde conjunct Pluto and the moon. And then the sun would be in the second deacon of Capricorn, which is co-ruled by Venus. Money is going to be a big, big thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and again, I really like – so the red wave that's going to happen in November – it's going to be great, like, yes. but it's going to—it's just going to be the beginning. So those people are going to struggle to get things done, and it's also not going to happen instantaneously. So we're going to have to deal with like the backlash, and I think that that's what this chart is kind of entailing too. On January third, is like the beginning of there being like a childish backlash from the people who were trying to control and the same—the same people who decided to you know go raid lago we're gonna be seeing their fury during this time frame. And oh, yeah. again, again, when Eris, Eris will finally be, yeah, it goes retro, uh, goes direct. So go January on, so from that January 3rd on, like, it's gonna be on. There's gonna be disorder, disruption. The exact details with Eris, let's see. For people who may not be familiar. Um, the discovery well, of the, oh, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay, the discovery of the scattered disk object upset the world of astronomy and forced us to rethink how astronomers define a planet. Its leading to the invention of the category dwarf planet now includes Pluto and Ceres and Eris. New objects like Halamea and Maki Maki. Eris is, uh, needs substantial research, but early science suggest it is not instructive, instructively malignant. ...influence on the horoscope, regardless of the dire mythology. Instead, Eris seems to be a force for evolutionary movement, an agent of change, and then some. Eris moves incredibly slow across the Zodiac, but its movements in terms of influence on character of events... ...is fast, and sometimes fast and furious and instantaneous. There is an impatience with the symbol, a sense of being driven to do something... What someone uh, what someone then does may or may not prove to be clever or useful, but at least Eris sees to it that something is happening. Eris go- uh goads us forward, like it or not. And then when it's in the first house, huh, this this is a funny description. Uh, you're a regular Tinkerbell or Peter Pan, a natural born mischief maker? Who, me? You, ask, bemused? Yes, you. Although you may not be aware of the effect that you have on those around you, particularly those close to you, you're probably charming, lovely person, but you just seem to leave all the, sm- the small trail of emotional debris wherever you go. This is not necessarily a negative trait. In fact, others can appreciate this along with the way that you disrupt their lives, adding to friction of excitement, perhaps shaking up the... A uh, monotonous routine. No one is bored when you're around. You are a catalyst, the guest who livens things up at any gathering. Your lesson is to listen and uh, to the still small voice within that guides you to sprinkle little positive of magic rather than stirring up mental mayhem.
2: Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that that right there. So the day it's going direct is that's that's all going on for this exact moment for that. So. Yeah, so I'm expecting there to be a total meltdown. Uh like I, Nancy Pelosi's going to obviously lose it because I think this is this is the chart for Nancy Pelosi losing the house.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dang. Well, yeah. Well, see, here's how I kind of see it. In November is when the is when, you know, when the results of the election come in. I believe that that's when they're going to be sitting there on their little pedestals doing what we're saying, which is their little, we're in charge, we're this, we're that, we did this, we did that. That is why I believe we're going to see that dark winter that I mentioned with that retrograde Mars that we were talking about just a moment ago. So we're going to have a very, very rough winter. And then, like you said, once the new Congress gets sworn in, if it does indeed swing red like we believe it will – we're going to see further censorship, further attacks on the opposition or those people that stand on the side of, let's say, truth and freedom. Um, we've, we've already started seeing it with individuals online and I posted it about, um, I tagged you on it on Facebook. The guy Andrew Tate, a lot of people do not like him. Yeah. I can understand why. Um, but there's a lot of things that I kind of agree with the guy with only because I'm very old school myself but this guy has been literally shut down in one of the worst ways he can't post anything anywhere he cannot do anything that he really normally would do to advertise himself and now like he said he has to be very careful what he says while still knowing that even though he can be as careful as he can someone will break down snippets of him to make him sound worse than what he is yep that's a perfect example of what's happening. They've done it with Trump. They'll continue to do it even harder after January 3rd.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The the cancel culture thing, I don't think is is going anywhere or at least the tactic and it in, in general, I really think that as long as Pluto's in Capricorn, that's still going to be a thing. And I mean even after that, there might there might still be it lingers on more so.
2: No, a... well, I think it would linger more so even when it goes into Aquarius.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, because you also think, too, like medieval astrology, too, um, Saturn used to rule exactly uh, Capricorn and Aquarius. So
2: exactly.
0: when they say it's like a double winter or uh, whatever like that, like it's because Saturn could technically, you know, Capricorn or whatever could be technically Aquarius, too. So,
2: yeah. I mean it's what well, it's you're getting you're literally getting to the end of the of everything at the end of the zodiac.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping that just when Pluto like goes into Pisces that maybe like things will finally dismantle themselves. That would be nice.
2: That would be nice. I
0: don't know how long it's going to be for
2: that. It feels like it'll be forever. I th- I mean I feel that way too. I mean I go back me personally I go back to what I was raised on which is the religion that I was raised in which was Christianity. And for me, it's always they talk in that religion about the coming, the 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 second coming of Christ. Yeah. Now, um, it is something that I was raised with. It's something that I was taught to fear at the same time. But when you look at transits and you look at the teachings of the Bible and the and the the fact that they used astrology to navigate the you know navigate times and I believe to tell fortunes as well back then. It does make me wonder, at times, is what they're speaking of in the Book of Revelations, actually, Pluto, or even Saturn, well, not Saturn, but more or less Pluto, transiting that last segment of Pisces. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I do think, like, I always think about the Tower of Babel story. Yes. I do think that, like, the secular world is the Tower of Babel again, and I think the United States is the head of that right now. And I think that in some way, shape, or form, the inner workings of the United States, how it functions right now, has to be gutted and collapse. It does. To, to like, get its claws out of the rest of the world. Yeah. And I've really been hoping that that kind of thing would happen. Like, I, I really personally thought that the Pluto um, – uh, the Pluto-Saturn and Jupiter conjunction in Capricorn was supposed to be that signature for the ba- Tower of Babel to collapse, not right away, but like that's supposed to be like the generational signature that will unfold in years to come. Cause mm-hmm. now we're in the second year to that where things will slowly start to be dismantled in one way, shape or form that they're not going to necessarily get away with what they're supposed to be doing. And that's the concept of free will and God um, that, you know, man can't play God. And when he tries to build his tower, to heaven as if he were a god it ends up falling over yep so i i do think that we're in into that like slowly progressing into that that is true uh, we
2: did talk about that privately once how you said you be- you believed we were there and i'm like yes we are yeah um but i'm not i'm not like rooting for the end of the world that's not what we're doing for us it's more or less a, a curiosity of what comes at the end of all that what reality are we going to see Right. And I think a lot about Rome when I think of it because Rome was a powerhouse right, for many many years. Yes. And eventually it, it crumbled and it fell. Yeah. Um, I never it didn't, it said, it didn't I never,
0: do it instantaneously either. It took No, a
2: while. It, exactly. It took a while. And also the story of Jesus came out of Rome. Yep. It happened there. So you know there's a lot you know it's it's not to fear monger it's just something that i really do think about a lot
0: yeah yeah i i, I seriously like and, and you know i honestly think it's good because uh not not dogging anybody who's into christianity but like um i think that it, it's i love the bible actually Mm -hmm. A lot of it has astrological allegories in it. I really do think that the original Bible in context was based more symbolically in astrological tales, and I think it was kind of just manipulated. I know it was manipulated for sure. Oh, yeah. There's been text taken out. It's been manipulated, this and that.
2: King Henry VIII changed the Bible and the religion so that he could divorce his wife and marry Anne Boleyn.
0: Yeah, they took out at least 25 different books in the Bible. Translation. And, you know, that's that's called like the apocryphal or whatever. But basically, um, when you look at like the origins of some of the words, especially in Latin revelation, I actually posted about this on my Facebook uh, yesterday. Revelation, if you look back at like the Greek origin of the word apocalypse, it means to to find enlightenment or to receive some sort of spiritual connection or message through uh through uh God to yourself and so what I personally feel like with this Neptune and Pisces age not the transit but we're in the age of Pisces right that we have this disconnection and lost we're lost with our religious connections with our um our hit like our um our cultural roots we're completely detached from them and I think that when as we're going towards the new age of aquarius which there are some astrologers who are not necessarily in a consensus of when that's transpiring i do think that we're slowly progressing into that yeah. and i think that the sign of that is is that people are finding spirit or spirituality without having to go to a church And that's where I think a lot of this plays into it. And again, this Neptune and Pisces transit has also helped exacerbate or trigger people's interest in spirituality as well. I mean, that that happened for me too. And I mean, I've known quite a few people who have just really been into more spiritual stuff since 2012. Yeah, that's when it all started, right? Yeah. So I have seen a trend of people being more curious, and it's not necessarily you know, particular religions that are right or wrong. I don't, I don't view it like that, but just people like feeling like they're more, they have a more personal relationship with spirit and God.
2: Exactly. That is something, that is something that my parents would always bug me about. They're like, well, you need to go to church. You need to do this. And I'd be like, hold up. My relationship with him is personal. I don't have to go to church to display that I'm a good Christian.
0: Right, and you don't have don't to. Have... You don't have to have somebody else tell you how how your God loves you or how you love Him. Like that's just, and that's the thing. The like within this these last thousands of years, the church has kind of warped the concept of you know the divine to to humanity by feeling like they have to be the middleman and tell you what God thinks, what God wants you to do and how you should behave. And I really don't think that that's that's how it works. And I think that that's what people are waking up to. And when you look at the the Latin origin texts of Revelation and Apocalypse, it basically says that you will you will come to the divine source. So when you look at like quote unquote the Revelation's text or anything that has apocalypse in the Bible, I think that that was the part that was distorted when it was changed into English. Because the people who control the narrative, religiously speaking, like the Pope and all that, Mm -hmm. they're the only ones that seem to think Apocalypse and Revelations is bad. So, like, when you look at the actual definitions of those words, they don't correlate at all with the Armageddon and, like, the despair and all that. I think they're projecting their loss of control.
2: Really, It makes sense. Yeah. No, it it does, does. because... The church controls the world at this point, and, yeah, they are losing their grip on power. And they're also um changing the ways that they say um things should be done. For example, I think it was the whole abortion thing. All of a sudden, right. they were in support of it. And right. it was like, wait a second. I thought you were for the sanctity of life. You're the church.
0: Right, and, and it goes into false teachers again. Because I, yep. I do, I do really love some some of the biblical texts. I have one of the Orthodox Bibles, uh, like, and I I try to go as old as I can. But um,
2: we may have to do a, an episode on like religion because like I grew up in it, so I can bring a lot of information, and then you bring your stuff, and then like we did today, just kind of let it flow.
0: Yeah, yeah, we we will we will have to do that. Maybe we'll do that for like December.
2: That would be pretty cool.
0: That'd be cool. Yeah, we could make an
2: extended one, probably, if 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 the people want it.
0: Yeah. If not, we can just record it anyway. And if they don't want to listen to it, then you can turn it off, guys. Right. <laughs> anyway. But anyway. So. Wow. What What time are we at right now? How long have we been here?
2: I have no idea. Okay.
0: One minute and tw- uh, one hour and one minute. One hour and twelve minutes. Okay. All right. So did I get through my whole list? Okay. Let's see. Mercury goes retrograde on September ninth, and then it'll go back direct till October first. That's all my notes. I think. Do we have anything else we want to talk about? We covered nineteen eighty four. We covered Marie's question. Mm-hmm. We talked about transits. I think I think I got I think I got it all out of my system. What about you?
2: I think so. I th- I guess the only thing I would tell people full moon in Pisces is on September tenth. So we are in the completion of a cycle. I'm a very, very, very big believer in journaling, whether it's written, typed, whatever, only because it will help you big time when it comes to astrology and transits to know what you're working on or what, let's say, you're closing out on at this time. That full moon in Pisces correlates to February of 2022. And again, pay attention to the third because your Mars retrograde themes will be coming up.
0: Yep. I'm going to have Mars on my ascendant for. I think it's until what? Till
2: April? I think so. Eh? Something like that. Long time. It's going to be interesting seeing that unfold worldwide.
0: It's going to be funny because everybody's just going to be scatterbrained like me for the next couple months.
2: Yeah. And I'm starting my new position, and I'm like, how am I going to get through this?
0: Oh, my God. Well, just just have some sort of solace in the fact that everybody else will be just as out of it as you. So they probably won't even notice if you mess up.
2: Exactly, <laughs> right? I'm, like, praying. I'm like, just just buy a policy off me. That's all I need you to do. Are you
0: starting <laughs> when Mercury is retrograde?
2: Girl, and I get bad with it because when it's in shadow, I start stuttering. I can't talk Right. I say the wrong words. I'll be talking about a cookie and I'll be like ice cream and I'm like, never mind. I'm just going to shut up.
0: That is me all the time.
2: And I have mercury retrograde natally. It just gets really, really bad in shadow, but somehow I thrive when it's in retrograde for everybody else.
0: Yeah, because it's like direct for you. I've told people about this before. So like, yeah, because I have, I have some. I have something retrograde. I don't remember. I don't even remember my own chart anymore. Whatever. Anyway, so. What is it? No, I I, I think it's more. I'm more into intuit, intuitively strength. I have my. Ooh, let's try that again. I, I'm more. I'm more. My strength is more intuitive than logical. There we go. Yes. So. So um, when Mercury's retrograde, I feel like like I'm on my game, but I can't talk. I'll tell you that. But. Like, I'm on point, I got all this, I know I don't forget my keys, like, everything. But if yeah. you ask me if I remembered stuff, I probably have no answers for you. But I did everything I was supposed to do, and I think that's my subconscious. I think yeah. my subconscious is smarter than my conscious mind. And I don't think that's normal for most people. So I'm just like, I just watch everybody like, oh my god, I don't even know. Like, it's like a train wreck everywhere I go, and I'm like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, oh yeah. Mercury's causing a disturbance in the in yeah. the, the meta- metaphysical forces.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm just sitting here like, please, nothing break down. I don't need this again.
0: Oh yeah, and you know what's funny too? Every single freaking time I go on a vacation or a trip, not even during the same times of year, somehow like I completely overlook i'm just like you know this feels like a good time or this is the time i gotta go and then i go back and look at it i'm like is mercury really going retrograde right now as
2: i'm packing yeah that happens with me when i switch jobs it's it's so weird i'm like why the fuck am i going into a contract right now and then i'm just like you know what we're just gonna hope for the best because we were guided in this direction (laughs) like this job right now Devin's like you're gonna be working long hours i'm like well i'm like do you want me to work and make money or do you want me to like not work and not make money like i'm gonna to have to work crazy hours for the next three months i have no other choice and he's just looking at me i'm like rookie retrograde
0: Oh uh, yeah yeah all right guys i think we're gonna go now I think we're good. Um, Thank you, Marie, for the question. We love questions. If anybody ever wants to shout out and send Yomi or me a question, you can at any time. We'll just make a note of it and include it in the next episode because that was fun. That kind of, like, shaped a lot of our episode, and that's fun. It did. Yes. I think we're good at winging it. But anyway. All right. We're going to go. Bye, guys. See you in October. Bye.